What's going on, guys? It's Cooper and James, and we're from the Back Pens. I think we got an exciting episode in store for you today. James, how are you? How's your day been so far? I'm I'm hanging in there. Uh, first stem cell treatment. Uh, so we're excited about that. We got 19 more to go, but you know what I'm more excited about? Since I can't control the outcome of that or bullrun, well, we're, I'm excited because we get to talk bullrun. So. What are some of the things that transpired over the weekend, like some of the Rossi Tour uh, results and things like that? Well, we're going to get into that here in just a second. We've got a pretty good one for you today. I think we're going to talk about what went down last weekend on the Velocity Tour, what's in store this weekend for them. We're going to cover some world standings and, of course, the UTB in Duluth. It's going to be a good episode. It's going to be another good weekend of, of really good bull riding, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a lot of good watching. I looked a little bit in that short round this weekend out in Duluth. It's going to be really, really good. It's going to be a, lot, a really good set of bulls on a Sunday out there. So without further ado, grab them slides, boys, because we're coming at you from the back bands. So like I mentioned earlier, I think we'll start with the Velocity Tour. The Velocity Tour had two events last weekend. The first one was in Portland, Oregon, and your top three finishers from there were Brady Olson, walked away with the win. He was the only guy to ride two. Dawson Branton came in second, and Matt Triplett came in third. Matt Triplett's a guy we're pretty familiar with. Do you have any uh, thoughts on the Portland, Oregon Velocity Tour event, James? I think Matt Triplett's going to eventually make the tour again. And he had talked about retiring in 2022, and then I'd heard somewhere that this may or may not be his last year. So either way, I hope he has a great year. Brady Olson spent a lot of time in the, in the PRCA, and uh, he's, he's a hand. But uh, let's break down. I don't have it in front of me, and you might or you may not, but let's break down the points. So Brady got 40 points for winning the event. Doesn't really break down exactly if those all came from his aggregate or if he had round wins in there too. It just tells you how many he got. So he earned 40 world points there. It looks like Dawson Branton got 27 and Matt Triplett got 14. You know, I agree with you about Matt. I think he will make it back on tour. It's just a matter of time. And from the bits that I've seen him ride this year, He's looked pretty good. He looks like he's ready to ride. So that's what happened in Portland. They also had a two-dayer out in Cedar Park, Texas. Your top three from that event were Cladson, Rodolfo, Luciano DeCastro, and Kai Hamilton. So I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know much about this Cladson guy, but he rode three and he walked away the winner. Luciano has been at the UTB level. believe he's qualified for however many world finals. And Kai Hamilton's an NFR guy. He's pretty talented. So what, what's your takeaways from Cedar Park, Texas? Um, first of all, I'll say this. At one point, Lane Noble prevented in Cedar Park, Texas. If he won Denver, I would have liked to have went ahead and seen him go to Cedar Park, Texas, just to get some more points. But Steve Theron, he's headed to Duluth, Georgia this weekend. But anytime you can take advantage of getting points on any tour, toward the world title and, and make it a PBR finals appearance and stay it on tour. That's the name of the game. No, absolutely. All the, all the points matter in a, a season like this one. 
This weekend, the Velocity Tour is going to Greenville, South Carolina and Spokane, Washington. Some notable riders that are going to be in Greenville, South Carolina are Luciano DeCastro, Ty Chandler, Bob Mitchell, Cole Skender, Ramon DeLima, Clayton Sellers, Ednai Caminos. Yeah, that guy's been around for a long time. Lucas Devino, Kai Hamilton, and Marcos Gloria. Do you have any comments on, on those guys? First of all, uh, we can't count the old guys out. Don't forget that Ben Johns, I believe, is on that same on that same roster. And uh, I think he's the oldest active rider in the PBR. And not far behind him is Ed Nakamina. And let's not forget that they don't just write your name on gold buckles just because you show up to a bull riding. And Ed yeah, Nakamina is the 2002 world champion uh, bull riders. Let's not forget that. He's got the talent and the ability. He's been earning points. He just hasn't earned enough to get on tour. But uh, I'm really excited to see what Clayton Sellers gets done. And, and young Bob Mitchell, I'm really impressed with him. I'd never really heard much of him or knew much about him until this this year when he did so well in Denver and a few other places. He'll be on tour before too long. And, yeah, uh, from what I've seen from Bob, he's looked really good. He's a young guy. Cole Skender's another younger guy that he's had a little bit of a taste, but hasn't been there consistently, but he's really talented. So then we move on to Spokane, Washington. Their notable riders are Dalton Rudman, Brock Radford, Dakota Lewis, Cody Campbell, Cladson Rodolfo, Matt Triplett, Luis Blanco, Jake Lockwood. Brady Olson, Jory Marcus, Gage Gay. So if you compare them side by side, those are two pretty stout lineups for a Velocity Tour event. Do you not agree? Oh, yeah. If I were a fan of Boren, uh, if, if I couldn't make a UTV, I'd just pick one of those, flip a coin, and pick one of those events to go to. Whichever one was closest or whichever one I thought had the best lineup. But either way, you're going to see really talented guys and a really good show. Bull riding, bull riding at the end of the day. And it comes down to man versus beast and nothing else really really matters at that point. But yeah, there's Jake Lockwood is, is a guy that was kind of limping out pretty bad when I seen him in Denver and don't really know what's going on there. Um, but he's on the list, so he must be good enough to go. I'd like to see him get back on tour with his brother and roll on from there yeah this this is a pretty dang good list here in spokane too you look at brock radford he's been successful in the pbrs at the utv level dakota lewis cody campbell matt triplett there's a lot of experience don't leave out jory marcus and gage gay that's going to be a really good lineup of velocity tour events this weekend i think that'll take us into the top five in the world standings and number one you got jrv the old guy He's sitting on the top right now. What do you think about that? Well, I love it. I love it because, in my opinion, as hard as he's been working on riding bulls both directions, you know, the guy is just solid. He's been in the top five almost every year. And had he not got an illness right before the 2020 PBR finals, which had to be switched to uh, Arlington because of a certain illness that's going around the world, you know, he might be a world champion because he came into that 
number two in the world, but couldn't compete because of an illness. But it's good to see him right back on top. But my question is, how long is it going to last with Jose Vitor Lime coming back next week or this week? Rather? Yeah, it sounds like Jose's coming back. And it's one of those things, every time Jose has been banged up, he's came back pretty strong. I don't know. He's been on bulls at his house. I do know that. And he looked good, but the bull wasn't the caliber he's going to see at a UTB. I don't know. I think JRV, if he rides bulls that go away from his hand, he's going to be really tough to beat because he's going to eat everything up into his hand. You know, he's he's very consistent when they go to the left, and he's definitely done a better job of, of riding bulls that go away from his hand to the right. It's going to be interesting to see if JRV can keep that up. And second, you got Kyler Oliver. You know, he won that big major there in New York. So that's no surprise that he's as high up as he is this early in the year. This point in the year, these standings can change quite a bit. You know, they're pretty fluid. There's not a lot of events that have happened. So when they do accumulate a large chunk of points, it'll really shoot a guy up in the standings. In third place, you got Stetson Lawrence. Fourth place, Dalen Swearingen, and in fifth place, Denner Barbosa. Really happy to see Stetson where he's at. You know, he had some tough times before he broke his uh, neck last year. And uh, he looks to be really motivated, and he's riding really good right now. What do you think about the rest of the top five there, James? You know, I'm, I'm not surprised by any of it except for maybe Tyler Oliver, rather. And uh, you go a little bit further in the top ten, we're not going to in the detail. If Somebody listening to this goes back and looks at the rest of the top 10. It's kind of a shock to the system because it's not your normal name. There's no Kaichi Pacheco in the top five. There's no Cooper Davis in the top five. So it's good to see these young guys taking advantage and however they're training or however they're mentally focused and whatever's working for them and they need to just keep rolling. Name of the game is whoever rides the most bulls. Is going to be your world champion. Yeah, that's the name of the game. Get your bulls rode. Let the chips fall where they may. So I think we'll move on to injuries of note from last week going into this week. I think the biggest news, and we kind of touched on it already, is Jose's back. Jose's entered in Duluth. Excited to see him. He has a bull I don't know much about in the first round, but I don't think it matters what you're underneath that guy. You could run Godzilla underneath him, and I think he'll come out on top. So I'm not too worried about him. Are you? No, I told you privately, and I'll say this publicly. Uh, we'll get to the rank ride stuff here in just a second. But as long as Jose Vitorlema is in the draw, no matter what he's got, he's on my list. I think he's a pretty safe pick, to be honest. Cooper Davis is going to return this week. He kind of dinged up his back in New York City, had a little SI joint problem, it sounded like. And he is back in the draw. And then also Chase Outlaw and Boudreaux Campbell were out with illness in Chicago, and I believe both of them are going to be back. Do you have any comments on Cooper, Chase, or Boudreaux? I'm not real familiar with uh, SI joint injuries, even though I have some back issues that might possibly be SI joint related, but I think they can just fix that with like a standard cortisone shot like you would get in your rotator cuff or something if you had a partial tear if it's not bad enough for surgery and obviously it's not so it's good to see good to see and good to hear that Coop's going to be back and hopefully we see the real Cooper Davis show up he's only he's only showed up in, in a round or two instead of an event or two where JRV has showed up 
every week. And that does not even say that. But talking about guys on the illness list, I think Brennan Eldred, I don't know whether he was scheduled for Chicago or not, but he will be in Duluth. He was also out due, due to illness. Yeah. So it's good to see guys getting back healthy and back to riding bulls. We're going to take a look at what happened in Chicago. Your winner was Stetson Lawrence. He was 266 and three quarters on three head. He accrued 149 world points, but he actually went four for four because he got drawn into the bucking battle and he had a perfect weekend. So I think that's really awesome for Stetson. Like I said, the guy was struggling a little bit even before he got hurt and he was out like all of the last year and he's finally back to ride and he looks really good. Oh man, I'm telling you, I'm so proud of that guy. Not only did he win Chicago, but he dominated it in every aspect. Absolutely, it was complete domination, hundred percent. I think he, I think he picked the uh, right bull in the championship round, and I don't think Comalanson did. Comalanson, I think, was coming into the lead or at least ahead of Stetson. He picked homegrown, which is one he should have rode, but. Big Black is kind of like RuPaul. When he's in there, you want to pick him if you have a chance to. In my opinion, he had one of the better days and better trips. What do you think about that? Lefty should really like him. Lefty should get along with him and be in that low, you know, lower 90s on him for sure. He's he's consistent, solid. If you're a left-handed bull rider at that level, you should want to get on him every day. He just looked like that was one of the better trips I've ever seen him have. It just seemed like he was getting stronger and stronger towards the end. If it were me, I would have marked him at least a point higher than what they marked him. Yeah, the bull did have a pretty good day. You know, I've seen trips out of him where he looked a little slower, and that wasn't the case in Chicago. He looked pretty dang good. It looked like the old big black that you're used oh, to seeing really in, in 2018, 2019, in my opinion. So rounding out the top five, we had JRV. 258 and three quarters on three. He accrued 95 world points business like JRV has just been solid. In third, we had Cole Melanson, 176 and three quarters on two. He accrued 72 world points. In fourth, Manolito de Souza Jr., 176 points on two head, 56 world points. And in fifth, Joao Lucas, 174 and a half on two. He accrued 48 world points. Before I pass it off to you, James, I would just like to mention before I forget, Joel Lucas had his hand jerked out of the, the bull rope in the short round, and he took a wrap and nodded with his hand completely outside of the handle of the bull rope in 16 seconds. That's uh, pretty impressive in my opinion. It was literally, he put his hand in there, the guy pulled up on it, took a quick wrap, and he was going. I think that was really great, and I think it was impressive to see a guy like him who can tend to take a little bit of time in the buck and shoot, just not think about it, do what he had to do and get out. And he rode the bull. So what do you think about the rest of the top five? Oh, I think they did fantastic. Are these points accumulated over the whole weekend, including the bucking battle or just three rounds? When they list them on the day sheet, they'll throw in all of them. So like Stetson got points from the bucking battle as well in there too. That's why his is so high, but so is JRV's. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure if they, I know they're two separate events, so I wasn't sure if they threw them in there or not, even though they're in the same place. They're all really impressive. And if you want to talk about Genesee Impressive, probably the most impressive guy that I've seen all year, probably 
Comalanson just because I honestly didn't expect him to be there. Uh, yeah, he's really so, rode really good. Cole had a really tough finish to 2021. He was banged up and he had a really long buck off streak and he's came out really doing doing his job this year. He's gotten bulls rode everywhere he's went and making short rounds. And that's that's a recipe for success at that level, at all levels. And let me be clear, it's not that I didn't expect him to be there, that he doesn't have the ability to be there. After all the injuries and barely get out of the arena and you were there more last year. And I was, so you seen him, you know, just getting around in general. I figured he would take some time off, have some surgeries, and get some things fixed. But apparently he doesn't need to. He just needs a little bit of a break. So that's good to see. I think that's all all them guys got last year. They were they were asking them to go pretty hard that fall. Take out the uh Cowboys for a cure deal on the ship. That would be the only weekend where there wasn't a UTB that they were obligated to be at. That's a pretty long stretch from the end of July all the way through the end of October of every weekend getting on really ranked bulls. So Chicago had the first 15-15 bucking battle of the year, and I thought it was a pretty good one. They rode four bulls. JRV walks away with the win, 91 points on Jive Turkey. What would you think of that ride, James? That particular ride, I was super impressed because that bull went both ways, and he still got the whistle. Not to toot my own horn, but I believe I did predict that one as the winner. Kyler Olivers in second, or came in second with 90 points on Diddy Wah Diddy. Stetson was 89 and three quarters on Drago. And Denner Barbosa was 86 and a half on Bentley. So it was a pretty good little bucking battle. Four bulls out of 15 is not bad in that format, in my opinion. Do you agree, James? Exactly. I think if we go back to last week's podcast, I think we kind of predicted some of those matchups, and we said no more than four, possibly five. I really thought that, uh, I believe it was Austin Richardson that had that highbrow cat, and I really thought he would get by that bull, but I was wrong. Other than that, you know, Seth Lawrence, just doing what Seth Lawrence needs to do, get the whistle, and and I know we're on the 15-15 bucking battle, and I, and I kind of hate to go back and forth, but I think this deserves to be mentioned that Stetson won Chicago. This has been his first UTV event win since 2017 in Thackerville, which was his first one. So it has been a while and it's about time. Yeah, I agree with you there. It was a good weekend of bull riding in Chicago, and I'm looking forward to another good one in Duluth, Georgia this weekend. That's where the UTB tour is at. Get on that rank ride website and play it. We're gonna we're gonna give you some some info on the round one matchups. But before we get too into that, get out there and try out rank ride fantasy. It's uh it's a fun way to play. It's a fun way to watch the bull riding. You go to their website, rankridefantasy.com, and make an account if you don't have one. Uh go to the events page, click on Duluth, Georgia, and you pick Two riders from each tier. There's three tiers. So six riders comprise your team. And there's also three tiers of bulls and you pick one bull. Uh, you can find Rank Ride at their website. Like I mentioned at rankridefantasy.com. They're at Rank Ride Fantasy on Instagram, Rank Ride TV on YouTube, or Rank Ride on Facebook. The great thing about this format is it creates a competitive environment for you to watch the bull riding in. You can really test your knowledge. And it's fun to play against your buddies. You know, you can kind of talk crap back and forth with them. 
it's free to play and there's real prize money available. Would you agree, uh, James, that it's a fun way to watch a bull riding oh, on a weekend? Oh, it's a blast. Let's not forget it pays 10 holes and it's $550 added every event plus point that counts towards the world standing. I think last year they had like one guy in Australia and a couple of people from Canada. So it really is crowning a fantasy world champion. So that's kind of neat. If you're not physically able to ride bulls or want to play because you want to enjoy the sport more and, and have your own way of saying, oh, I'm entering a bull riding this weekend. Throw it out, you're entered. You've got a chance to win some money. It's fun to do that. And the tier system is great. Besides the tier system, I'm going to mention they have uh, odds. If you go down, uh, I guess they call it analytics or something like that. Uh, Chase Doherty has a 48.6% chance of riding Cooter Brown. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to ride the bull. That just means that his probability is pretty high. If you're just now getting into bull riding and you're not familiar with the guys and you haven't spent years studying it, that's one way that can kind of help. But at the end of the day, it's bull riding. It's man versus beast. And there's, this is the one sport where there, there is no layups. There are no guarantees. Yeah, it's one of the most unpredictable sports on the planet for sure. Are there any round one matchups that jumped off the page to you? Because I got a couple I want to talk about, but I want to hear yours first. I kind of like Cooper Davis on Jay Walker. The way Cooper rides when Cooper wants to ride and depending on how his injury, I guess you really won't find out how good it is or not good until you get on one. But sure, he got on at least one practice goal before just to kind of test it. That's what most guys do, and I'm sure he does too. Cooper can get two or three more points out of bull just because of the way his style is. He just rides so correct, and when he wants to ride and, and has it on his mind, there's nothing going to buck him off. So, yeah, I like that matchup there. Of course, I like any matchup with uh, Jose Vitor Lime run Godzilla under him with the flank rope in a windstorm and a tornado. And I can just about guarantee you Jose Vitor Lime is going to ride the bull. And maybe the tornado, too. That guy is just a freak of nature. I call him the Brazilian Chris Shivers because he can get so many extra points and his style is just so perfect. I don't care what they run under him. In fact, I don't know anything about the bull that he's getting on in this particular round. Do you, Coop? Yeah, I don't know much about him. He did bucket the Velocity Finals last year where Kaike Pacheco rode him for 85. He's had a handful outs in the PBR, but it's pretty much been at lower level events. So I'm going to guess that Jose can handle this one because he can handle any any bull, like you said. But I wasn't able to find a whole lot on him, I guess is what I'm getting at. One that I really want to talk about for sure is Kaike Pacheco versus Walking Tall from Jerome Davis over there. So this was a bull that Mason Taylor rode at the finals last year. He was 90 on him at the world finals. And this is a bull that's probably going to go away from Kaike's hand, but especially with a bull like this, with his bucking style, you got to ride him front to back. If you ride this bull, like he's going straight, 
I think he could ride pretty good. He has a ton of up and down, and that's pretty much what Mason did when he was 90 on him. This bull does has only given up three qualified rides. Mason Taylor has two of them. So even though he's going to go away from Kaike's hand, I think Kaike rides good enough and does the fundamentals correctly where he's going to climb out over that front end and set his hips on this one. And if he does get make the whistle on him, you could be looking at 90 on this one legitimately. The only downside to Kaiki that I, if I could pick apart anything, and I'm I'm just a fan that studied this sport for 20-some years and, and been to bull riding schools and just everywhere, hung out with guys. And I'm not bragging, I'm just kind of giving some people, you know, some insight of my knowledge. Sometimes he gets a little, he sets down on his butt a little more than he probably should instead of getting forward, or at least he has been lately. Uh, I noticed his feet came up a lot last week, but he's a world champion. He knows how to correct that. And as long as he can keep his chin down and keep the weight on his legs and stay off his butt, uh, that that goes for just about anybody, though. But, yeah, I think he's got just as good a chance as anybody does. What's your other matchup? So this one is going to be with the hot guy right now, Stetson Lawrence, going up against Mr. Nasty from Blake Sharp. This bull is unridden across all levels of the PBR. He should go into Stetson's hand, but I'm telling you, this sucker bucks. He is a handful. It's going to be really interesting to see how Stetson handles this bull. I just think he's a he's a big, strong one, and he's he's going to mean it when he hits the corner. So even though he goes into Stetson's hand, I think this is going to be a tough one for him to, to twist. Yeah, I, again, I really don't know no, uh, much about this set of bull in this round. Um, there's a handful that I do know, but when you're hot, you're hot. I don't think it really matters at certain times of the year what guys get on, just like it didn't matter what Mason Taylor really got on at the final. He was just in that zone, so to speak. Stetson Lawrence is definitely in that zone. So I would give him a 50-50 chance. The uh, odds are 27.5% probability, according to the analytics of rank ride. There's one more I want to talk about, and that's Boudreaux Campbell versus the sauce of Blake Sharps. This bull should go into Boudreaux's hand with some with some speed and some intensity. Boudreaux rides really good into his hand. I think you could be pushing 90 on this one as well. This little muley's going to get it on, and Boudreaux likes those ones. He gets along with those bulls that buck, and they go into his hand. So I really think Boudreaux's in line here with some potential to have a big score in round one. Do you think, or am I the only one that thinks this, sometimes Boudreaux's obviously one of the better bull riders on tour but sometimes he just gets too excited and he just kind of gets too revved up his motor's running too hot he's not even killed sometimes and he can just kind of override some and just do too much if he can control his free arm and just stick to the basics and not get too excited he'll ride that bull easily uh that is one of the bulls that i do know and that could potentially be a go-round win, in my opinion. I agree 100%. So let's just talk about the guys overall that you, that you like this weekend for rank ride. I'm looking at Tier 1, and I mean, like I said, Kaike Pacheco, if he rides that bull, you're probably looking at close to 90 in round 1. Cooper Davis, he's always a consistent pick, in my opinion. Uh, you look at Boudreaux down in Tier 2. You're not going to see him down there a whole lot, in my opinion. 
Brandon Eldred and Chase Outlaw in tier three. I mean, this is pretty pretty good lineup of riders really to choose from. There's some good options in all the tiers. What do you think? Oh yeah. If I were going if I were going to tier one, there's no doubt in my mind you pick Jose V Torlima, you, you kinda left him off. But uh Joe Ricardo Vieta, Bone Castle's been pretty decent. Uh, Cooper Davis is never a bad bet. He might have a bad weekend here and there, but he's never a bad bet. And, you know, you can go through here. Kate Checo's the other one that I wanted to mention. So, Ron Alvarez, will he get to 500 this season? Is something that we'll need to keep an eye on. But those are the guys that I would probably stick with in Tier 1. When you look at the Bulls, I'm just going to be honest. In Tier 1, there's really not a bad pick. Tier one bulls are loaded. You know, Whoopa is making his return and Chiseled's going to be there this weekend. So it's going to be a pretty stout set of bulls. Like I said, just looking at the list, I really don't think you can make a bad pick. So I'm not going to go too, too crazy on them. Tier two bulls is also really strong. There's some in there that are definitely capable of being 44 plus. And uh, we're going to see the debut of Liston for this year and Grand Theft from the pages. Those are two bulls that, in my opinion, are tier one quality bulls in tier two. So those are ones you definitely should look at using. Not telling you what to do, but they do buck. Tier three, there's still some good ones down there. You've got some that really buck. So there's some there's some good options there for bulls too. Do any stand out to you? In, in tier in tier two, I, when I first saw the draw, I expected this bull to be in tier one. I really did. That kidnapper. I really figured he would be in tier one. So you're right. And Joe Walker is a pretty good one. There's a handful that really could have been in tier one and probably have been at some point or another that are in tier two. Like you said, you can't really make too bad of a pick right here. No, I mean, these these tier two bulls, there's a lot of them that are easy, you know, easily could be in tier one. And even down at tier three, there's a few in here that I know for a fact have been marked 44 before. So this is going to be a really good pen of bulls out there. I'm excited for it. And I think uh, that'll kind of wrap up everything we have to say about Duluth. Do you have any closing thoughts, James? Well, just get ready and hang on tight and enjoy the show. And I hope y'all are enjoying what we're doing. If you have any questions or comments or feedback versus about rank ride or just our show in general of ways that we can improve it. Even if it's bad criticism, send us some criticism. And I think, you know, you can find us at the back pins on Instagram. Yep. Uh, it's at from the, at from the back pins. Is there anywhere else they can find us? Yeah. I have an email Cooper from the back pins at gmail.com. All one word, no spaces. Yeah. Like James said, give us feedback like comment subscribe any sort of feedback's good at this point we're we're just looking for ways to make it better and we'd like to hear from you guys i think that'll about wrap it up what do you think james oh absolutely it's gonna be a lot of fun and if you don't learn anything from these podcasts learn this that every day is a gift from god and what you do with it quite simply and honestly that's your gift back to him god bless cooper floor is yours Thanks, James. I appreciate it. Likewise, back at you. And I think that'll do it. So once again, come back and visit us again when you have a chance from the back pens. It's been a good uh, good episode, I think. It's been fun to talk about what's coming up this weekend with, with the fantasy guru himself, James. So 
you guys have a good rest of your week and hopefully you have an exciting weekend planned. Hopefully you get to watch some bull riding. And if not, oh well. But tell you what, come back and visit us again from the back fence. 